The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Welcome back to the Neo Reality Collective. I'm your host, Eric Brown. These last few days have been pretty difficult for me. I have come down with a cold, and we did a test. I'm not infected with corona, so we could be glad about that. It's been one of the reasons why I haven't been able to release any content, and, I, and then I had the AEW commitment to do, and, well, hijinks suit for that. Uh, I'll probably make a WrestleVerse video talking about my time at the AEW event, uh, but we'll see down the road. I will talk about matches on my WrestleVerse channel, so be sure to look out for that. So let's get straight to business. Uh, Robert Razor Guy Krakoff, if I pronounced that right, the co-founder of Razor and pioneer of the gaming mouse, dies at the passed away at the age of 81, passing away on April 26, 2022. Razor shared the message on Twitter announcing the sad news, saying, uh, we are sad to learn about the passing of co-founder and president President Robert Kraft, by everyone as the Razor Guy. Robert's a warrior you drive and passion for gaming lives lives on and continues to inspire all of us. Thank you, Rob. You will be missed. This was confirmed on April 28th, but uh, details started coming out about it in the wake of it. So the first gaming mouse, the Razor Bloomslang, Boomslang uh, to market back in 1999, working on a whole bunch of stuff. After things went bankrupt in 2001, he would continue to work on with the co-founder to co-found Razor with Razor's current CEO Min Lin Tan on in 2005, becoming the public face of the company. It would not only include a message from Razor guy they, with Razor products, but he also added his email to note as well. He was also known for having interviews for upcoming journalists and he would give some of them jobs. He is survived by his wife and their two children, and five, quote, very cool grandchildren, as it says in the article. Rest in peace, your legacy will not be forgotten. So, because Square Enix hates you and everything that has to do with anything regarding gaming, uh, they have announced that they have sold off to embrace a group. To acquire Eidos, Crystal Dynamics, Square Enix Montreal, and a bunch of other hosts. Crystal Dynamics, including a catalog of their IPs such as Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Kane, and more than 50 back catalog games from Square Enix Holdings for $300 million. Embrace will share the news in a press release saying the acquisition includes roughly 1,000 1.1,000 employees across three studios and eight global locations. The deal, if it goes through, is expected to close the second quarter of Embrace's financial year 2022-2023. We are thrilled to welcome these studios to the to the Embracer Group. We recognize the fantastic IP, world-class creative talent, and track record, and excellence, and all that stuff that comes out with that. 
and Square Enix sold these things off for the most dumbest reason possible. Square Enix came out and says that Embracer's acquisition allows it to invest more into the blockchain, AI, and the cloud. So you sold Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal for blockchain, AI, and cloud, despite the fact, and, and, and I just, just want to uh, how do I say this? NFTs are crashing. Blockchain technology is losing its fad. And you did that. But the initiative announced that that was working with Crystal Dynamics on this pro- on their Perfect Dark game. They said the deal will continue. They will continue to go to co-develop Perfect Dark while the initi- with the initiative following the Embracer deal. Coming out saying we are excited to see where Crystal Dynamics takes these next steps with their studio. Our teams have made great progress in building Perfect Dark together as co-development partners, and we will be continuing this work with them into their next chapter. Oh, Square Enix, you you, you screwed up big time. And PlayStation and Sony have finally decided after everything that Xbox was pulling these last couple of weeks and month uh, announced that, yep, we're hiring an acquisitions manager. <sighs> Sony is seeking someone with video game expertise and the candidate will not only help find and develop the initial opportunities but also align them with Sony's overall culture and work progress to drive significant long-term value for the company. Working closely with the overall management team, the new director will be seemingly be at the forefront of the PlayStation and first-party studios with the post promising a chance to influence the evolution of their fast-paced sector. So they're kind. Of, so yeah, this has to do with the whole acquisition race. I feel like Microsoft just should just buy Square Enix at this point. And after Square Enix had bought everything, had sold off their biggest licenses. Uh, Team Raiders Lifetime Sales came out, and since its inception in 1996, it has sold 88 million units, with 38 of them being 38 million being coming from the reboot trilogy alone, which includes Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Shadows of the Tomb Raider. So, and that's not even counting the additional 53 million paid mobile downloads from entries such as Laura Croft Rally Run and Laura Croft Go. So. Yeah, that, that's pretty impressive. Fast X, the Incredible Hulk director, Louis Lenadier, uh, is to re- set to replace Justin Lin. And yeah, there's been some talk about that, especially what came out about him, uh, where he quit on the spot because of Vin Diesel and whatnot, because um, yeah, it, it got bad. It, it got really, 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 really bad. Like... Oh, God. Like, he would show up, like, Vin Diesel came into late at work, he wasn't in shape, he just kept doing things on the fly, being very arrogant, so now the guy who directed The Incredible Hulk, uh, that really, at this point, kind of doesn't come off as canon, because almost everything about it has been pretty much forgotten, and the only semblance of recre- of mentioning that is, well, the What If series, even then that's part of the multiverse, so you could just say that, that Edward Norton's casting was from the multiverse 20 years ahead of schedule, but okay. So... Yeah. 
So another Suicide Squad spinoff is in the works, and apparently this is involving Waller. Sources say the series will build off the end of Peacemaker, which, uh, uh, yeah, where her daughter in the movie in the show outed her for her clandestine operations, and the character fate seemed in trouble. So it seems like she's probably going to head on the run or be impeached for political power. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think it's safe to say you're screwed, Amanda Waller. You reap what you sow. <laughs> but, yeah, that, yeah, this is the first half of news. Uh, we'll get back to you on the last half, and we'll be finishing off with this very short episode due to, well, the first half of this week being very slow. We'll be back to you after these messages, and we'll see you after the break. Take care. Let's finish this final half, first half of the week off, and let's talk about the last piece of news that came out this week, especially since it was May the 4th. So remember Jackass Forever, uh, how successful that was? Yeah, yeah, they're getting a, um, they're getting a uh, series on Paramount+. Plus. An all-new series on Paramount+, Plus, according to Variety, the ever-popular comedy show will return to the... To will return following the huge success of their recent movie, EJA Forever. Based off the success, we're working with the creators to continue the partnership with a new series, bringing in even more ridiculous antics straight to Paramount+. Plus. Originally airing in 2000, followed a cast of performers such as Johnny Knoxville, Steve-O, and Barking Dangerous, crude and dowry, hilarious stunts and pranks. And, uh, So it was originally said to be the final chapter of the most chaotic saga, uh, <laughs> and especially after the director's cut, known as point f- 4.5, heading to Netflix tw- May 20th, director's first shot during the making of the original, uh, they're making uh, a TV series on Paramount Plus, and I'm curious as to know how this is going to go. Mostly because of how what happened to Johnny Knoxville and what happened with the Bull, and then he had a match at WrestleMania, and I'm trying to wonder why that happened, but okay. Meanwhile, as Star Wars was being celebrated this week on May the 4th, with May the 5th being uh, uh, Revenge of the 5th and Return of the 6th, so, yeah. Uh... Elden Ring models have already started adding a huge ton of content to to Elden Ring, such as Star Wars, One Piece, Hollow Knight, and more. All on Nexus mods, bringing together Star Wars, One Piece, Hollow Knight, Zelda, Final Fantasy, God of War, Resident Evil, Small Mods, and uh, including a Life is Strange mod, adding Max Caulfield to, well... The, the, the series, because of course, Harry Potter, Excalibur from Warframe, Doom Slayer from Doom. Yeah, it, it's weird. It, it's very, very weird. And I demand to know what's gonna happen next. So we'll see. We'll see. I am curious. <coughs> Sorry. Modders are exp- are making exciting content as things go on, and we'll see how more goes on. Meanwhile, for those who are saying AEW was in the mud because their ratings are down, even though the streaming industry is still pretty damn good, and Warner Media Discovery Bird had to get that system out of me. 
Uh, despite all that, a new behind-the-scenes wrestling series was co- is happening, such as a, a new AEW show coming to TBS, which means that... Yeah, that doesn't really say that Warner Media Discovery was going to end this. There's been a, a survey for wrestling for for ring leaders from Warner Media's Bleacher Report app asked for their input on the name of a brand new behind the scenes wrestling series with suggestions including Friends and Enemies, Fight to the Finish, To the Mat, Road to the Belt, or On the Ropes. Say AEW's top performers are ushering in a brand new behind the scenes series. He's like no other. Every episode will track our core cast on the road at AEW events as they try to hold onto the titles they have or won back the ones they've lost, but everything culminating at the biggest pay-per-view event of the year. They all hope to walk away as champions, but there aren't enough belts for everyone. Or like if you watch WWE, then definitely there are belts for everybody. So, yeah. They all they, they hope to walk away. Heroes rise, villains will fall, champions will be crowned with more access, more star talent, more drama than ever before. We'll see all through the eyes of the biggest names in the company. So, Warner Media has done well, and AEW continues to thrive with their next big programming. This sounds like that succession series that he's planning to do called Pit. <laughs> So, yeah, as Activision Blizzard continues their rise of destruction and whatnot in their path to being sold off, New York City has filed complaints against Activision Blizzard for wrongdoing tied to the Microsoft acquisition, trying to sell themselves off over the whole um, toxic environment they've created. So they were like, we got to sell out before things fall apart. So, yeah. So... Drama. Bobby Kotick should be removed. So, the upcoming AEW video game Fight Forever has had some significant progress and significant hurdles. Such that there's been updates that Kenny Omega has gone above and beyond in his time out of the out of the ring due to injury and made sure he was able to help with the game in any way possible. Well, Fife will know that, that the game, which is now going to be called Fight Forever's roster, is approximately 50 players in total so far. We're staying Punk, Brian, Ruby Soho, and Alcohol all confirmed for the game. Owen Hart, the legend that he is, will be playable as well, as reported by Bodyslam.net. There will be some notable omissions from there, however, when the title is first released, though, according to Fightful, who exactly will be missing is unknown, but AEW consistently signed talent the likes of Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland, Samoa Joe, and Toby Storm have joined the promotion in 2022 alone. Much work is still needed to be done with polished, especially with character models, development of the game's online features is still need to be worked on too. No publisher has been confirmed, but it does seem like THQ Nordic are said to be involved with the video game, so the band is back together. Let's go with that. Also, I am there there is a the hurdle issue. Kenny Omega is reportedly hating working with Yuki's on AEW's Fight Forever. According to Sports Game Online, the relationship with Yuki and AEW are not in the best place at the moment. Kenny Omega reportedly hating working with the developer. One individual close to the game's development even said that it appeared Yuki tried to take advantage of Omega. Fight for Fight for also believed to be way over budget. Some of the game's features have been cut altogether and reduced. A particular issue was reportedly about the game's roster size, with noting that 50, 50 playable characters, extra investments to put into the title, and you can, 
You said AEW will continue the partnership following the fight forever. It's all up in the air with the driver said to be pushing for a long-term agreement, something AEW are nervous about. Which I understand AEW's point. Like, they have to think about this through. They have to get this game working first. They get this game off the ground selling and whatnot. Then they can work to an agreement on that. But they also got to work out on their attitude issues between each other. So we'll have to see. And there is still ideas to have this game be a long-term deal. Like, um... Instead of being a yearly release, they're hoping to make DLC, expanded content, add more features in, core fundamentals, updates, patches, instead of just being a yearly release like WWE does it, and so on and so forth. Let's hope things work out on that front, and I'm hoping things can work out. You said in THQ Nordrick, not THQ, like they took the brand name, but things look like they were going back to getting back together, so we'll have to see how things work out on that front. So, for those who were curious about the Gwen Stacy solo miniseries that was being made uh, after it disappeared in the 2020 coronavirus pandemic that happened, well, it's finally being completed in the giant size special featuring all the issues together and the Gwen Stacy we got the original civilian Peter Parker's girlfriend in a Silver Ages story, but in continuity that will put her up against the likes of the Kingpin and eventual killer the Green Goblin. So they already had come out and said, unfortunately, Cohen put the series on hold after just two issues, and it's been a while, but Gwen is back, and I could be happier. The icing on the cake is that for the first time I get to see my name on Giant Size title. A nice thick volume containing all five issues. Ever since I was a kid, the Giant Size books have held a special place in my heart. So I couldn't think of a better, more exciting way for Gwen to return. I thank everyone who's waited so long, kept asking about the book, and retained their enthusiasm. Oh, I hope you find it was worth the wait. I'm so excited to complete our Wednesday stories coming to the fans, as I had so much fun drawing the series and working with the working with the artists and everything. I really enjoyed brainstorming, working on the aspects of the Marvel Universe of that era around Gwen and her story. Wait until Fantasy Issue Four, and there's always been that debate about having that character come back, like like they bring back almost everyone else these days. Even DC has their own Infinite Frontier stuff that brought back everybody, according to them, except for several people. But, uh, we'll have to see how that goes. There was an attempt to bring her back by J. Michael Sanzinski when they rebooted Spider-Man's relationship status because Marvel hates you. So, there. Also, on May the 4th, Be With You, Obi-Wan Kenobi came out with a new trailer. Set after a delay that happened, I have the show's release the latest month. They released a new trailer featuring the mechanical suit of Darth Vader. Bounty Hunters, Insanity, the scanning looking for Obi-Wan, like they have suspicions where he could be at. One of the Bounty Hunters is Forlom, the bug-eyed Bounty Hunter with the protocol droid body. He was first introduced in Empire Strikes Back, one of the mercenaries hired by Darth Vader to hunt down Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon. There will be a substantial reward. However, it turns out there will be a second Forlom, second on the right. Uh, the, you'll spot him at second on the right in the famous Bounty Hunter line I've seen above in the Empire trailer, right next to Bossix, if I recall, and Boba Fett. And, yeah. <laughs> He's back in Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he didn't come alone. There is a droid shuffling into battle, guns blazing on a rooftop, cuts to another point of view of the fight. Obi-Wan is using a gun, so, um... <laughs> yeah, I bet that's awkward for him. 
Not only that, there are Perks Troopers, Stormtroopers Battling, and Inquisitors, including the, the Inquisitoris Building, and Castle Vader. However, Uncle Owen, the guy who hates Obi-Wan, doesn't want Obi-Wan to train Luke because the fuck the galaxy. And Obi-Wan tells Uncle Owen, saying when the time comes, he must be trained. Like you trained his father? Sir, I'd like to report a murder. It was night. I believe it was an official burn. So... And he was saying the verse voiceover saying, I want every bounty hunter and low life to squeeze him. As the third sister goes ahead and states, and the fifth brother is heard saying, You still want Kenobi? He's gone. And the third sister replies saying, Maybe you've been looking in the wrong places. So yeah. Uh, I do have a problem with this idea. I would have been more interested if they kept teasing the idea that they were going after Kenobi, only to reveal that they were going after another Jedi. And Obi-Wan's kind of, kind of this state where does he reveal himself or whatnot? Like, we know he can't because he gets to keep it secret. But I was thinking to myself, it would have been cool if they did manage to keep a shed head into this story, the future Dark Cryet, just like you know, just a week or nudge. I don't know if they would actually say he's going to be the future Darth Cryon in this timeline, but it would have been cool to see, and it would have been a plot, a genius plot twist if they said the Inquisitors were on Tatooine looking for Obi, looking for a Jedi. You assume it's Obi Wan, only to reveal it's a Legends character, and everyone freaks out. So yeah, missed opportunity right there. But we'll have to see down the road. Uh, this was the Reality Collective. I hope to see you all again down the road. And stay tuned for more content. Uh, it's been a pretty sickly week, so we'll have to see where things go from here. Take care, everybody. Have a good day. Stay tuned for this last outro and this last ad break. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.